I'm Shannon. And I'm Rami. And this is Workplace Side Hugs. Normally on Workplace Hugs, we talk about a book or an article with the goal of helping all of us expand our workplace toolkit. Side Hugs, though, they're a little bit different. Side Hugs are short snippets of us sharing advice that we wish we would have had in different situations. Today, we're going to talk about advice we wish we would have had when we had to adapt to a culture that we didn't feel like we meshed with. So, and I think this is a good one. And what I'm going to preface it by saying is it's it's a culture that you don't mesh with, meaning you didn't go from one really good culture to another really good culture. Those are easy things to incorporate yourself in. It's going from a really good culture to a culture that is not as good or, or doesn't fit within how you um, expect to work. And I think it's a really important distinction because going from good to good is really easy. I've done it before in my career, and it's it's easy to adapt to a good culture because things are succeeding. Everybody's kind of moving in the same direction. It feels good. It's easy to jump onto momentum. Yeah. I think what we're talking about here is when you jump into a place that doesn't have that momentum, that isn't moving forward. Everybody is not um, rowing in the same direction. I think that's what we want to talk about is how do you get into a boat where people are pushing different directions and all thinking that they're leading the right way. Can you tell that Rami's a University of Minnesota alumni right now? Oh my God, just say it, just say it, row the boat. Row the boat. Okay, so my first tip on cultures you don't mesh with, understand your non-negotiables coming in right up front and honor them right up front. It was super easy for me when I had an employee that would say like, I don't do lunch for when they said that right off the right off the top of joining our team, I'd just be like, cool, you don't do lunch. I get that now. So they never would do lunch? They would never do lunch. So like everybody else would eat and they were like, take a deep breath and they're like, I'm full. Let's keep going. Well, they would do lunch, but they would like eat at their desk because they wanted to be in the office as little as possible. Or I had employees that like to work out over lunch. Or I have a client right now that just switched companies and is struggling with the culture adaptation. Um, Because they eat lunch together every single day. And Mm -hmm. so my encouragement to her was just say, I don't, I don't do that. I'm trying to write a book right now. I'm going to go to Starbucks and work on my book. Doesn't mean I don't like you guys. Uh, I'm a busy mom with two kids under five and with goals outside of work. So I need my lunchtime to do my thing. So Shannon, you're saying it exactly right. And I think the important piece here is to do it up front, right? I think it would be much weirder for this person who decided that um, has found the right way to balance her her life and her um, extracurriculars by using her lunch break to write that book. Yep. That telling them up front, she just goes like, this is how I do things. Like, this is what makes me successful. This is what's going to make me the most invested in this. And if we want to succeed together, like, that's how I need to do things. Because if she waited a month or two months, had lunch with them every day, and then finally just said like, hey, uh, I need to go do this thing every day during lunch. I think everyone would be offended, right? They'd say, yes. what did we do? What should we have done? Like, how could we have done this differently to not offend that person? Yes. And I think when you say it up front, like, they can't take offense to something that they haven't done, right? Like, you don't offend someone by preemptively telling them, like, hey, I, 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 I am self-selecting to not be a part of this thing. Yeah, it's just not my style. It's not what I need at this point. Rami, what's your first tip? I think it's... In a place where the culture is different than your own, I think there's two ways of approaching it. I think it's one that it's a question of, is the culture working um, or is it not working? And I think if it's not working, that's a really 
scary thing, right? Like you're getting there, it's it's not functioning. You can tell that there is little to no culture. And so the question at that point is, do I want to and am I willing to invest into that thing to try and um, make it better? And if so, then the approach is how do you how do you change a culture, right? Like depending on the size of the team or the company, whatever it is, there's a lot of ways to do that. I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give here is things that flow bottom up will never succeed unless there's support from the top down, right? So as much as a group of people will try to make an impact from the bottom up, if they don't have leadership supporting them and saying, yep, we validate this, like we're supporting this happy hour or whatever it is, it's really hard to make that uh, become a part of the culture or to succeed. Hmm. How do you determine if a culture is healthy or not? I think you can kind of feel it. Like if the, to your lunch example, like I think if, if people don't have lunch together and then are not willing to have lunch together, if people are not willing to step away from their desk to, to invest either in the company or in their community, I think that's where you start to see like the rifts in, in how things are working. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, I want to be cautious of noticing if these are things that are preventing us from getting our work done or if they're preventing, like, is it a nice to have or a need to have? I feel like we talked about that in a different side hug episode, you know, because like not every culture has to have lunch or talk about their lives outside of work to be healthy. Absolutely. But I think it's also like you have to have a good balance of that downtime at work with everybody else. Otherwise, there is no culture, right? It's yeah. come in, work and then leave. And if there's no culture, then I think you lose out on innovation. I think the more people are willing to communicate, the more people feel comfortable sharing when they make mistakes. Yeah. And I think if people are willing to get comfortable enough to do that, then the company can really propel and succeed. And I think without that, it's really tough for a company to succeed. That's fair. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. We're not machines. Yes. <laughs> we, we're not machines. We're human beings. And when human beings connect and talk, that can be good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my next piece of advice related to that is choose to see the good. So ask yourself two questions. What makes this work for them? Uh, what makes this culture good? And how can I make it work for me? I can think of times in my career, there's one time in particular where I joined a team and a few months in, I was like, I'm just miserable. I'm not feeling this. I liked my leader. I did not like my leader's leader. I didn't really feel connected to my peers. And a really powerful shift happened for me when I stopped trying to focus on like, what's the fastest way to get out of this? And when I started asking myself, what do I need to make this work? Because I wasn't ready to throw the company out. I wasn't ready to leave. Um, and so for me, that looked like doubling down on my personal time investments. So that was the year that I chose to train for an Ironman because I could <laughs> and I had time. And it wasn't a team that I really had a lot of desire to spend a lot of time with outside of work. Do you think that had you not trained for that Ironman that you would have stayed in that position for a long time? Yeah, like I would have figured it out, I think. Um, but training for Ironman certainly like gave me a sense of purpose and meaning outside of work that helped me get through a time where I didn't feel like I had a lot of purpose, meaning fulfillment inside work. Got it. So I think you're hitting it on the nose here is 
you chose to take a position in this company for a specific reason, yeah. right? I think when you're switching cultures. And so you chose that role, that that title, that um, that shift in your career for a specific reason, whether it was the role itself, whether it was the location of that company. And so I think shifting yourself back up to say, like, why am I here? And trying to figure out um, how do you make the best of that situation? Meaning if it's if it's a role that there isn't a lot of challenge or if it's a culture where you're just not sinking and you know that you want to continue to be there and shifting the culture maybe is like outside of the realm of what you have the ability to do, whether it's seniority or whether it's the company and that's just how they function. I think to Shannon's point, it's like, how do you find fulfillment in other things, right? Whether it's training for that um, Ironman, which I think is absolutely insane. (laughs) Hey, me too. (laughs) That's a full marathon. Is that not it? Yeah, it's a full marathon. some sort of like a crazy bike ride. And and then you basically just swim the ocean. Yes, you you got it. That's exactly it. You swim to Hawaii. You swim to Hawaii and then... You run Hawaii. You run it and then... You run across Russia in the snow. <laughs> from Alaska? That's amazing. From Alaska, you bike. It's it's insane. No, it's 140.6 miles in a day. That's all. Just, sorry, 140.6 miles in a day. Just 140. Sometimes I can can barely do that. Yeah, that was six years ago. Sometimes I can hardly believe that I did it. But you did it, Shannon. I did it. But I think it. the point is, like, find the thing that fulfills you, right? Whether it's you're investing your time outside of work in that. For me, it was starting this podcast and, and finding fulfillment in that way. I think finding fulfillment in in one part of your life can kind of overtake the negatives in a different part, right? And it's not to say that you should do that perpetually throughout your career. You should never use this every single time. But I think it's in certain situations that you've chosen to put yourself in that you know you kind of want to tough it out and, and make it through that step in your career then you should perceive it that way, right? It's a step in your career. So whether you're investing in yourself outside of work or in work, you're saying, okay, I'm just going to take on a ton of new things that I've never done before to learn a lot of new skill sets that now I can then say, look, I learned how to code in this last role. I learned how to do this thing. I learned how to do that thing. And you're just developing um, more tools in your tool chest. I think that those are the ways to kind of deal with it when, when you know that you can't impact the culture the way that you want to. Yeah. Romy, I'm so glad you were not happy in that culture so that we could start this podcast. <laughs> I know. It all worked out. Isn't it amazing like how good things happen like that? What are our takeaways from today? Um, I think from my end, make sure that you understand your non-negotiables and honor those up front. And second, instead of asking yourself, like, how quickly can I get out? Asking yourself the question of, like, how can I make this work for me? Romy, what are your two To build on that, I would say, like, in a situation where you know that you've chosen that for a certain reason, um, really find out what it is. Is it outside of work that you're going to really motivate yourself and and push to to feel fulfillment? Or is it within work, like, you're going to find new skill sets and really drive yourself in that way? I think that's the first piece. I think in a place where the culture isn't working and you want to fix it, it's how do you do it from the bottoms up and then get leadership to support you from the tops down to really make it happen and make that shift it's only going to happen if the leadership agrees with you and people at the baseline agree with you Um, but in that instance it's really like how do you make that momentum change and really make it happen across everything and it's just consistency from the leaders continuing to validate that that type of culture should exist yeah 
at the end of the day, we create the culture. Every employee in an organization creates the culture. So take some ownership. Absolutely. So we'd love to have you guys join us on Instagram and continue the conversation. We know that you guys have a bunch of advice about adapting to a culture you haven't, you didn't mesh with. So if you guys can um, just reach out to us at Workplace Hugs and um, keep this conversation going. I've been Shannon. I've been Rami. And this was Workplace Side Hugs. Workplace Side Hugs.